Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. It's one thing to work on your own as an engineer. Leading a team of engineers, that's something else again. But what about running a consortium of executives from dozens of agencies, all with ideas about how to do a single function? That's what my next guest has done for about a year and a half now. For the third installment in our Tech Transfer series, Federal Labs Consortium Executive Director Paul Zielinski joins me now. Paul, good to have you on. Hi, good morning. Thank you very much for having me. And do you sometimes feel like you are herding cats in running this consortium of executives involved with tech transfer from dozens of agencies, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And that's really an interesting challenge within the U.S. government, as I like to describe it. You know, if you think about a wall and you think of each agency with their independent abilities, knowledge, mission, and all those other things, you know, if you think of those as the bricks, they're actually the mass of this, but we kind of are the mortar that holds all this together and makes it really a functional unit as a whole. Because if you're from the outside looking in at the government, you know, you don't really care which agency is which, and you may not understand that whole thing. But, you know, coming into one place and being able to tap into the network is what it's really all about. Sure. And you were an engineer for quite a while, I guess, at the EPA and so on. So tell us a little bit about your own career and how you ended up as the executive director of this consortium. (laughs) Great. It's a great question. We always kind of joke about some of that within the tech transfer community. It's sort of this place where you end up because you have this interest in technology. So uh, as you say, I mean, I've had kind of a winding career of a couple different agencies starting in the military. I was on active duty with the U.S. Army, got deployed all over the place, kind of an exciting thing to do. But then I went into the civilian side of the government, working at the Department of Energy, primarily working at environmental cleanup, actually, for the Department of Energy complex. The interest thing about that was actually we didn't have the technology to do the work. And so it was required that we worked with the science engineers and really develop new technologies just to deploy it, even to tackle the challenges that we had. So that was really where I got into this whole technology piece. Uh, Moving on over to the Environmental Protection Agency, as you can imagine, not a huge jump from uh, working on environmental work. Uh, But again, just working on that deployment of technology across all the different EPA sectors and then eventually ending up in the Department of Commerce uh, with the National Institute of Standards and Technology, which actually coordinates this function uh, on the government side of things across the different government agencies and, in fact, is our host agency. Right. And that's what we should point out, too, that the consortium is not just a trade group or an interest group or some kind of a professional association. It is a functioning congressionally chartered agency that has a specific job to do of getting that technology transfer accomplished, correct? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So in the Federal Technology Transfer Act of 1986, um, they actually have a line in there that there will be a federal lab consortium and the members are the federal laboratories. And so, as you know, it is something that Congress put into place and it's also one of those things that the laboratories are members of, kind of whether they like it or not. That is by statute. And Being an engineer in the federal government or a researcher or scientific researcher of some sort, someone in the activity of creating intellectual property, what's your sense of whether that function is all that different in the government versus working in the private sector? In a lot of ways, it's not, really. And that's sort of the point of many of the tech transfer laws, is actually to try to make the government development process much more accessible and understandable by industry partners. And that's really when you get down to many of the different ways that we do these things, it is a matter of trying to make it accessible to the companies and the businesses that are actually deploy these products. 
there are differences, however, and of course, you know, being a federal employee is very different than being a civilian, if you will. And I think one of the attorneys I work with, I think, summed it up best, which is that, you know, with the free country, you can do whatever you want. That's not illegal. But if you're a government employee, you can only do what you're authorized to do. Sure. And of course, that has a big impact on what it is we do. We're speaking with Paul Zielinski. He's executive director of the Federal Labs Consortium. And now you've been there about a year and a half, but the techniques and strategies that people use to do the technology transfer, each agency has that function. Is it fairly uniform from agency lab to agency lab? And does the consortium try to bring more uniformity to it? Right. So it is relatively uniform. We do operate under the same general guidelines and laws across all agencies. I mean, they do broadly apply and they can use those things that we have as tools. And so they're available to all of the different agencies. Now, some agencies do have some special extra authorities that aren't consistent, but for the most part, the general base practices are available to all of the agencies to use. And again, when you think about some of these other things that agencies can do, they're more enhancements that they are rather than something you know less than. Um, so it's always more greater than, essentially. And these aren't really new things either. They've been around for a while, and they're pretty consistent. Now, the members of the consortium have their own full-time jobs at their respective agencies. You've got a you know board that revolves from time to time, and we've got the other new officers coming on also. What is the day-to-day role of being executive director? Right. Well, as you know, everybody who works on the consortium in terms of the membership, I mean, they elect members. So we have a a chair that's from the Navy. We have a vice chair from the NSA. We have folks, our different officers are from different agencies, and they all have a full-time job. So none of them are dedicated to working on this task. And that's really where we come in staffing this function. So I lead that staff function uh, to make sure that we're operational. Uh, we have our big areas we call promote, educate, and facilitate. So we you know, make sure people know that these things are available, that there are things that businesses can use to enhance economic development. We actually provide education for the profession of technology transfer, how government employees or laboratory employees actually perform their function and their job in a consistent way. And then we actually then facilitate trying to make um, availability of some of the technologies with companies and setting up the possibility of these transactions taking place. So we enhance that ability. I was going to ask, you must do a lot of outreach to industry so that it knows what is available to its economic development and its business development plans that this federal intellectual property is there for licensing. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things where you start to think that, you know, I've said this so many times, but every single time I go to a new place, I meet new businesses that really aren't aware of the different possibilities. And uh, when you think about our complex, sort of this unlimited pool, it almost seems of just the ability to work with federal agencies and, of course, businesses. And there's always new startups coming on board. And that's always sort of an interesting, too, thing as well, is just sort of informing them of the possibilities that exist in partnering with some of these agencies. What's your sense of how licensing from the government differs and maybe more advantageous, say, than company-to-company licensing? Sure. Well, I think there's this bedrock principle that's put into the law. So there's the Bayh-Dole Act, which was actually passed in 1980, that gives us our orders from Congress in terms of what we're supposed to do for licensing. And the whole goal of that act was actually what they call practical application. That is, how is someone going to actually use it? We don't want to license it off for someone to actually say, you know, this is better than the product. We're going to license it. We're going to put it on the shelf. Uh, In fact, the licensing is used in order to advance product development. So there's something that, you know, you or me could buy because that's the only way you get access to this technology. I mean, if you really think about it, the government doesn't manufacture things that you buy. 
when you think about even something as simple as the COVID vaccines we're all talking about, you're not getting a U.S. government vaccine. You're getting it from a company. So there's a company that must be in that intermediary. They're going to make, sell, distribute products. And so the whole trick is getting it from the research bench then out into the marketplace. And that's where we focus. And is it enjoyable work that you do? Oh, it's fascinating work because it's always something different. As I said, you know, we work with every agency. And so if you think of the full breadth of research and development in the United States government, you know, you really kind of get into everything and anything. And so there's always some sort of a new twist, something new, exciting that's coming up, some new technology. You think about the fascinating technologies that come out of all these research projects. Uh, there's always something new going on, and I think that's actually what makes it interesting. And then, of course, there's always the new businesses that are coming up, and they're trying new for new business practices and trying to launch new exciting things and products. And so that, that actually makes the work really kind of interesting and always sort of on the cutting edge as well. Paul Zielinski is executive director of the Federal Labs Consortium. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. Tomorrow, we wind up with another executive director of the University of Montana's TechLink Center that gives operational support to many agencies' transfer activities. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. Still to come, meet the federal scientist who made detecting illegal opioids faster and safer. But first, for as long as there's been a Budget and Accounting Act, there's been a congressional oversight agency. This is The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte. But for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month. And you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 